this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath we've all heard of umran malik the 22 year old fast bowler from jammu and kashmir who has been making waves in the ipl now he has received a much anticipated call up to the indian national team he has been picked for the five match t20 series against south africa next month one of the main reasons why there is so much excitement around umran malik is that for the first time india has a quickie whose speed is within touching distance of the 160 kilometers per hour mark the fastest balls ever recorded and a record jointly held by shoaib akhtar and brett lee malik's emergence also comes at a very interesting time for india uh, despite a long tradition of spin bowling india is now facing a scenario where there seems to be a surfeit of fast bowling talent but not many uh, young talent emerging in the spin department so how do we understand this trend and given that india has a history of young bowling talent fast bowling talent that sort of tends to fade away very fast how good really is umran malik we explored these questions and more in this episode of in focus and our guest today is vijay lokapalli who's editorial consultant with sports star magazine vijay thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you sampat very happy to be doing this podcast with you vijay uh, so as as we know as most of us are aware who those who follow cricket india has traditionally been strong in the spin bowling department and whenever uh, we speak of fast bowlers we have tended to produce medium pacers and swing bowlers you know of the manoj prabhakar variety and we have struggled to produce uh, really genuine pacers unlike say pakistan australia south africa and other cricketing nations you know the, the way they have been able to do so over the years but this seems to be changing now and there is plenty of uh, fast bowling talent knocking on the doors of selectors so can you give us some kind of a historical perspective on how this change has come about uh, yes uh, i mean i remember reading um, uh, when i got interested in cricket and then writing uh, the, about the pair of mumun nisar and amar singh who made a huge impact in india's first test match uh, in england in 1932 and uh, the englishmen the english writers they did praise these two bowlers called them fast bowlers uh, talked about their speed now some of the thing is this this thing about recording speed is something very recent but from from what i gather i used to gather from old cricketers was that they would be the, the word would spread that so and so is a good fast bowler there there was there were no machines to record the speed but the reaction time of the batsman to be ready to face the ball was an indication of how quick the bowler is so if he's repeatedly hustling you into playing your defensive shot it means that he's genuinely making a huge huge impact on your mindset because uh, like you said indians were very happy uh, promoting spin and talking about uh, indian india being the land of spinners which was quite true but it's also true sampad that we had some exciting fast bowlers in the history i mean i can i can definitely talk of somebody like t s shekar from chennai he was a genuinely fast bowler in the 70s and then we had ramakant desai uh, he was again very nippy he would hustle the batsman into defending the ball and then of course i mean uh, the, at various times there was pandurang salgaonkar who was almost unplayable in those days on matting wickets 
so we we did have but uh, like i said we had better spinner spinners so that was one reason why captains would not be very keen on having fast bowlers i remember tiger patodi giving saying once that somebody asked him why aren't we picking any new ball bowlers he says where are the new ball bowlers in india so he would ask gavaskar to open the bowling or maybe solkar or you know then we had later years we have bhavri and all i mean there this is the reason the uh, the if you when you say uh, talking about history of fast bowlers that uh, genuinely we were not getting uh, a fast bowler who would bowl long spells and uh, also you should remember uh, there was very little help from the bcci which was not preparing pitches which would assist the fast bowlers right so you're saying that there was it's not so much uh, a question of there not being talent but the real issue was that we weren't really looking for fast bowling talent a and b we weren't really interested in grooming fast bowlers because our pitches were different our priorities were uh, different and we were generally in favor of you know sort of generating and grooming spinners more because that was part of our winning strategy you know you get like three spinners and use them from either end for two days consecutively and sort of you know uh sort of uh, bamboozle the opposition that was also probably the cricketing strategy is that why we never really woke up to the need for fast bowling talent to be groomed yes and as and please remember when i say that the bcca was not making pitches which could assist fast bowlers the reason was if a foreign team would come uh the home captain would not want a, a, a pitch which would assist fast bowlers or a pitch which would have grass because the visitors would benefit more uh, than the home team so that was that was quite understandable if the indian captain did not want a fast pitch and when you when they travel overseas they were playing on bouncy tracks again a new experience so sometimes uh, bowling on a bouncy track the indian fast bowlers or medium fast bowlers they would get carried away by the fact that they're getting so much of bounce and that they carry where the wicket keeper was collecting the ball above the shoulder height so that was uh, uh, that that could have been one of the reasons why bcca did not look to uh, have uh, pitches to assist fast bowlers but uh, like i said uh, there were some pitches which were prepared where because the curators were fast bowlers of uh, curator were bowlers they wanted to assist their tribe by giving producing such pitches like i remember once in valsad which was probably one of the finest pitches ever prepared in indian domestic cricket and it was laid out by a gentleman called narayan satam because he was very angry in his playing days he was bowling on dead tracks so when he became the curator for for baroda cricket association this is what he worked on and the bowlers were very very happy and there was a time sampath when kapil dev traveled to a match in south just to watch a bowler called venkatesh prasad because he had heard a very tall bowler had come from karnataka and is able to generate good bounce but already india had uh, javagal srinath who was very quick and who would you know hustle the batsman like i said and he would uh, he would give you very little reaction time so in modern era i think srinath was a magnificent uh, fast bowler and the only problem was that he didn't he lacked support from the other end uh but sampath let me quickly tell you one tale 1977 there was a interview in the newspapers where the bcci one of the senior bcci officials said oh we have found a fast bowler he is going to play in this match at the ferocia kotla 
and that was an Abbas Ali Beg benefit match where Pakistan, some Pakistanis were coming, West Indians were coming uh, to participate, and the bowler was Kapil Dev. And there was a big crowd at the Kotla. I remember I was one of them. We had gone to watch a fast bowler because that was something unheard of in India. And my God, I mean, when you watched Kapil Dev that day, we, you realize he was raw, but he was quick. And he got wickets. He got Majid Khan. He got Conrad Hunt. And it was it was such a thrilling experience watching an Indian fast bowler who could, you know, who was making an impression on such established batsmen. So that was the day the Indian revolution of fast bowling started. Uh, it was by Kapil Dev. And of course, the next year he went to Pakistan and made the Pakistani openers wear helmet. So that was again a very, very encouraging sign for Indian fast bowlers. Right, that's a lovely story, uh, Vijay, and, and and fittingly, you know, it is about Kapil Dev who, I mean, who actually brought uh, fast bowling on the on the map of the mainstream, uh, uh, you know, cricketing followers here in India. But you know, as you rightly said about how Kapil Dev started off as a tear away fast bowler, you know, uh, hustling the batsman, but over the over the years he has uh, cut down on his pace, and and he's not uh, an, an isolated phenomenon, is what I think. Because we have seen uh, this phenomenon of Indian bowlers, not just Kapil, there are many others as well. Venkatesh Prasad is another example, who started out bowling really quick, but then over a period of time, they settled down in this unique phrase I've come across in Indian news reports uh, on on cricket called military medium pace. You know why does this happen? I mean, you don't see Bretley settling down into military medium or you know Malcolm Marshall doing it. Why does this keep happening with Indian bowlers who start off really fast? Everybody is excited. And then they cut down on their pace, I don't know, for sustainability or what reasons. Uh, how does this happen and is there a way out for this? Uh, yes, Ampat. I mean, if you, you look at uh, Srinath, he did uh, compromise pace at some point because of the fact that he was made to bowl long spells. Same for Kapil Dev. Kapil Dev, I'm telling you, Kapil Dev is probably the greatest and, and, and for the simple reason that he got more wickets at home than overseas, which means he had genuine skills. He realized that he will have to cut down on his pace because of the fact that it physically, you know, it, it, the endurance is what matters. And if you see, uh, there are, there have, India has had bowlers who didn't look like fast bowlers. I mean, they were okay. I mean, they were nippy, but uh, two fast bowlers, I remember, who were very, very good and they had to compromise on pace because of pitches and injuries. One was Salil Ankola, who came as a tear away fast bowler. I mean, uh, they say, Mumbai uh, cricketers uh, would tell me that if they had recording uh, uh, facilities to record the speed, he was any day bowling 150 plus. So that was as quick uh, you can imagine uh, Ankola was. And then, of course, like I said, T.S. Sekhar, again, genuine fast bowler, tall, well built, and very athletic uh, from Chennai. Uh, and then, of course, in later years, we have Munaf Patel. Munaf Patel arrived as a genuine fast bowler. And for some reason, somebody drilled into his brain that he will have to preserve himself. And if he wants to have a long career, he cut down on his pace. And he was not the bowler that he was. Uh, if you remember, he was part of the 2011 World Cup squad. But we have had various fast bowlers. You look at somebody like Ajit Agarkar. He's not, he may not look like a fast bowler when you meet him. But he was very nippy. And very skillful. Then, of course, Zahir Khan. To me, Jawagal Srinath and Zahir Khan, they were the two main bowlers. But Sampath, what happened was, is that when they were playing domestic cricket, 
they had to again endure long spells for their state teams and those were days when they had they would lovingly play domestic cricket not like today where they are preserved and are conserved uh, by the bcci and rightly so but uh, imagine venkatesh prasad and srinath bowling long spells untiring and you know in in such in very demanding conditions uh, no no help from the pitch so that which means they had to work extra hard and also please remember sampad that the natural attributes natural physical abilities also matter uh, because if you look at australians south africans or west indians they are very athletic uh, english bowlers have been tall and well built muscular uh, which was missing in india i mean for some reason uh, uh, you would see most of our fast bowlers they were not uh, they were not very well built uh, they were not very muscular it is only now if you see there is a long list of bowlers who are making that impression ultimately sampad it came it 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 happened because sometime in the late 80s mrf pace foundation came into being and the the, the credit for the fast bowling revolution which we are talking about today should go to mrf because they have done a wonderful job uh, having dennis lilly as their coach now glen mcgra as their coach at various points and they have nurtured fast bowlers so uh, that is the crux of the story how uh, india's fast bowling revolution began right now coming finally uh, to uh, umran malik i mean you've seen him bowl and uh, you followed him how good a prospect really is this boy and how far do you think he can go what are your impressions of him and how would you compare him to other fast bowlers whom you have seen at an early stage you know in their of their careers over the years yes sampad the best thing about uh, umran malik is that he is now a national property and bcci is treating him like that he is a rare rare talent who can bowl quick and this guy is very strong mentally physically and uh, he is raring to go he is getting the right inputs from former bowlers and the bowling the india's bowling coach paras mamre talks with the highly of him and his coach at j and k is sanjeev sharma who who was india's fast bowler if you remember he was also genuinely quick but again he also had to cut down on his pace so sanjeev sharma rates him very high and he says he should be used very sparingly he should not be made to play a lot of t20 cricket but uh, sadly he has been picked to uh, play the t20 series against south africa it's fine because he's only going to bowl two overs and then rest and maybe two overs in the second spell or maybe four overs in one spell but umran malik has everything that makes a fast bowler he bowls quick he he loves hitting the helmet he loves making the batsman back away so that is what indian cricket needed i mean there is one there is a bowler called avesh khan who is also very quick who is also looking very good and mohammad shami if you see he has served the team very very well he has been my favorite fast bowler uh, in modern cricket uh, mohammad shami he gives everything and same applies to umran malik now because umran is is going to last the only worry uh, former players are talking about is he should not incur an injury a career threatening injury because what happens is when fast bowlers they put their best uh, they sometimes over exert and incur such injuries i mean the great imran khan had uh, such a thing a back injury and then 
of course uh, jeff thompson the, the best greatest fast bowler ever uh, even if you look at uh, alcum marshall uh, you look at most of these fast bowlers they've had they've come back from injuries uh, it's part of their cricket i think so that is what uh, we have to ensure that umran malik plays selective cricket and uh, like mr sunil gavaskar has already been saying that he should be on the plane to england to play the one off test and uh, when he says you have to sit you have to take notice uh, because mr gavaskar has faced the best of fast bowlers in his career and he can definitely identify a good one and he also feels that he malik is a rare talent and like i said sanjeev sharma uh, who has played his cricket with mr kapil dev uh, uh, you look at uh, sanjeev's uh, contribution he was the one who who ensure made sure that umran malik will not compromise on pace during their training camps so that is best news for india sampath that india now has a bowler who is as good as any fast bowler in the world today does he remind you of any bowler in particular vijay in terms of style and you know approach and so on well he's like you said if you look at most of the fast bowlers from the past Uh, Dennis Lilly yes he was he had some fantastic leg cutters so that made him all the more dangerous uh, you uh, Malcolm Marshall he was very very quick and very deceptive from a even from a short run up Andy Roberts so if you ask me uh, Malik would is something like Brett Lee because Brett Lee has a fantastic action same for Malik i mean he when i look at Malik uh, uh, he seems to me a combination of all these people and it is it is umran malik's fortune sampath that he is he was in the same team which had dale stain as the bowling consultant or bowling coach whatever you want to call him and uh, it was said that uh, malik was told that even when uh, stain goes to the washroom don't leave him go and pick his brains there because you have got such such a great fast bowler to help you out and uh, that's what malik has been doing he has been picking Uh, Dale Stain's brains, and we will know very soon that how quickly has he adapted, and how good is he? Is he ready for international cricket? I think he is ready. He may go for some runs in T20, but uh, when it comes to Test match cricket, when playing in England, I would be very happy to see him bowl for India. Right now, I have a strange question for you. We, I mean, uh, people have strong views about the IPL. You know, it's a very polarizing uh, phenomenon, as we know. uh but do you think the ipl uh, which is where uh, umran malik uh, made his mark so to speak it was not in domestic cricket but so much but in the ipl so do you think the ipl has uh, perhaps something to do at all with the emergence of genuine fast bowlers in india suppose ipl allows you to watch the talent sitting in your drawing room but there are people who go out in the heat who work with these players and that is their respective state coaches and the national selector because umran malik was in the radar of the national selector for more than a year now and it is not that he has been he suddenly sprung up if you remember he was the net bowler for india at the last t20 world cup and people tend to forget that yeah i mean more people would have watched him because they are watching the ipl few people would have watched him when he played for jammu and kashmir but he was bowling as quick only thing was that he was not gaining national recognition but the he was always in the scheme of things of national selectors 
who were talking about him more than a year ago. That there is this fast bowler from uh, J&K, actually Jammu. He is a Jammu boy, and who is going to play for India very soon? Right now, uh, coming back to the uh, the points it made about Indian pitches uh, traditionally being hostile to fast bowlers, uh, also because you know. Uh, when you had visiting teams they tended to you know get ma- more mileage from it than uh, the indian team is the trend changing now do you see it changing because with so many fast bowling uh, talent emerging in india right now are there more sporting wickets being prepared as opposed to flat tracks uh, which are helping these bowlers to sort of you know uh, make their mark yes sir absolutely because now there is a big change in the mindset of the bcci also where the cricket committee ensures that you get good pitches, uh, which means uh, they have set certain standards. You have to leave a certain amount of grass, and uh, which is very, very important. You have to ensure that the pitch has good bounds because that is what produces good cricket. So, it is a lot of people misunderstand. They think that bounce means only the fast bowlers. No, it is also the spinners because in good old days, if you see the Indian uh, spinners, they all loved the bounce. And I remember somebody like uh, Maninder Singh, left arm, he loved if the pitch had bounce. Harbhajan Singh was a lethal bowler if the pitch had bounce. So, uh, it is it is uh, the change in the mindset of uh, people who are running cricket today. They want good cricket for the sake of the spectators because they are the most important stakeholders. And it has resulted uh, in the fact that India is now started to play very good cricket overseas. I mean, it was said that India was only good at home. When you look at how they played in Australia, they played in England, even South Africa. They may have lost the series, but they were playing good cricket. So, it has helped the, the change. In, in, in fact, uh, Sampath, if you see the domestic teams, every team has good four fast bowlers. Fast bowlers, when I say, they could be medium post pacers, they could be medium fast. Or they could be some who would be very skillful, able to swing the ball and seam the ball. Like look at Bhuvneshwar. He has made a career because he is able to seam the ball so beautifully. And he has such very good control over swing. So these are uh, the reasons I feel that cricket has become more interesting even at the domestic level. Where uh, BCCI is ensuring that the the teams and the captains and the uh, the bowlers especially are given very good pitches right uh, we're running out of time uh, we just one final question for you so we know that india has a packed cricketing calendar which is heavy it's heavy for the players they've also got uh, allied commercial commitments and we've got the ipl so how do we ensure that a talent like umran is sort of used carefully uh, and sparingly and is preserved for test matches which is still you know the apex of the cricketing calendar and is not uh, no, burnt out in IPL and T20s because one of the key things as you rightly said earlier was that they need to be uh, used judiciously and not used as workhorses in which case as we have seen in the past you know, they tend to cut down on pace and then of course it's not uh, that exciting anymore. Yes, Sampath, you can rest assured that there are people who are working on this. The National Cricket Academy monitors the workload. The workload project is very, very crucial. It has been introduced in recent times. And there are officials at the Cricket Academy, coaches, who monitor how much cricket a particular 
uh, individual is playing especially bowlers and when they feel if they feel that so and so is getting uh, overworked they will step in and ensure that and, and convey their uh, feelings to the selectors because the national selectors and coaches at the national academy are in constant touch with each other and monitoring and ensuring that there is no change in workload uh, plan which they have for every individual and malik let me tell you sampal that he is he is being monitored very closely at no point will they allow him to be overworked right that's good to hear and uh, as we wait for the first international series where he is going to be uh, wearing the india cap i think it's it will be good to see uh, at airway quickly opening the indian bowling uh, pretty soon thank you so much vijay for sharing your thoughts and uh, historically informed views and comments on this really exciting prospect hope to have you back on the infocus podcast sometime soon thank you so much thank you sampan i would love to love to come back and thank you very much for having me on your podcast infocus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for infocus by the hindu we'll see you soon